0: Hockey fans in the desert Southwest, it is another edition, another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Folks, uh, we're going to turn a new leaf today. I uh, usually start with the empty highway with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, and this is the last time you're going to hear that at the start, because Stephen Marsh, I am turning over a new leaf. It is a new day. From this point forward, so next week when you hear our podcast, we're going to have a new Roger Klein song as the open, because I believe things are changing. I believe that we're going to get back on track, and this country as a whole is going to recover sooner rather than later. How are you this evening, Stephen? I'm doing well.
1: I'm doing well. I I like your uh, optimism. I you know we're already moving along in April, and we're already starting to maybe see things starting to turn in the other way a little bit. Obviously, we still got a ways to go before everything's back to normal, but, but it seems like maybe maybe we're starting to, to get over a new page here. So I like, what, I like that you want to move on with a different song. It'll be good.
0: Those highways you know, won't be empty much longer. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, here's what I thought, Stephen. I thought initially the, uh, everything kind of hit us as a shock, and it took us maybe a week or two to, to finally have reality set in. Then the next two weeks, reality set in and we all dealt with it and we all realized that this is uh, maybe nobody's fault but just a virus that's taken over and we needed to move on. And and now at this point, the optimism that I felt today came from the fact that I saw some changing models, which uh, I know can change, but they looked looked like the numbers uh, were going to go in the right direction relatively soon. But the real piece of optimism I got was watching the news and seeing China Basically, reopen their country after 76 days, and I'm not saying that 76 days is a short period of time because it certainly isn't. But in the scheme of things, if uh, if we could get reopened in 76 days or less, wow, that would be fantastic.
1: Yes, uh, yes, it would be, and and we're, you know, I think what people are are doing what they're supposed to be doing for the most part. So that's helping. You know, the they have the projections of how many people might get infected or how many people may end up dying and it's still obviously more than we wanted to to see one just one dying would be too much but but now they're showing the projections that they originally had maybe will be even lower now because people are heeding the vice of the officials and staying home and not trying to get into gatherings and and things like that there's still a few people that are not abiding by that and and they're cracking down on them but for the most part everybody's taking it seriously and and uh that's that's good but we have seen a lot of, of loss from it but but I think that the good thing is is that we are starting to see maybe trends going in the other direction. And so certainly what you see out of China is certainly optimistic, and hopefully that we can get to that point uh, soon.
0: You know, everybody's asking me, how can you talk hockey when there's no games going on? And I'm going like, there is all kinds of stuff going on. And uh, tonight we've got another special guest. We've got Danny Roy, the director of hockey at Grand Canyon, and the head coach of their ACHA D1 team joining us um, what I like to do, Stephen, every year for the past three or four years is get together with the coaches when I can and just kind of review what's happened uh, with them you know, over the last season and then look, at, look ahead. Let them tell me what's going to be ahead. So when we get Danny on here in about oh, 10 minutes or so, we will, uh, we'll ask him a little bit about the, the trials and tribulations of being a D1 program for the first time, and then we'll ask him about what he thinks going forward as far as uh, where GCU stands and and how this uh, pandemic has affected not only his program but everybody's program out there and recruiting and all that stuff. So, um, and in addition to that, Danny's coming off a birthday just recently, so we'll have to wish him a happy birthday as that as well. But before we get Danny online, let's uh, let's chat a little bit about what you were going to tell us last week, and and I kind of just blew right through it. So. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the uh, the recruits that you heard about from UNLV coming in because you didn't really give us uh, much details or much quotes. So jump into that right away before we bring Danny in. Sure, yeah. I, I think you teed me up there and then I went
1: off on something else and I didn't even get to it. But uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, a couple of the – and actually UNLV's uh, – there was a third one that was announced since the last time we were on. So uh, the first one is uh, Vince ben- Benedito. Uh, He's a goalie. I'm trying to pull it up here on my iPad here. Vince Benedito, he's a goaltender. He's from uh, Calgary, Alberta. Uh, He comes from the uh, Kootenai International Junior Hockey League up there. Uh, 2.6 goals against average, 0.920 save percentage, uh, 80 games. Uh, The the team says um, he's an intelligent uh, student with uh, a good family. And and I have a quote here from uh, from him uh, that was sent to me. He says uh, to be joining such a top-notch hockey program at a school like UNLV is very exciting. Continuing my hockey career while also getting an education has been a dream of mine, and couldn't be uh, happier for the opportunity to uh, be a Rebel. And uh, and Nick Raboni said this about him too. He said that, uh, or sent me some info about him. He said that he's played half his junior hockey career as a. Oh no, that's uh, that's uh, that's that's the other guy. Hold on, let me go back to. So that's that's Vince. So now we talk about Kyle Quinn, who's a. Uh, He can play both forward and defenseman. He's done a little bit of um, of both. Uh, He's from Chicago. Uh, As I mentioned, he played half his junior hockey career as a defenseman in the uh, NOJHL, which I think I wrote here what that is. is. It's the uh, Northern uh, something on uh, junior hockey. I can't even read my own handwriting. But uh, it says here (laughs) that uh, he played 40-plus... Uh, This season for uh, Blind River uh, Beavers as a top 640 at regular minutes on the power play. And a quote from him was um, He says, uh, It's always been a dream of mine to play college hockey, and I've always wanted to attend a larger school in a big city. I'm very excited to start my next chapter at UNLV and meet new teammates and receive an education. And then, uh, but so specifically his numbers, I looked it up 17 goals, 19 assists, 36 points. So not not too bad there, um, and then a little bit about uh, Jack Kennedy, who they just announced and committed uh, in the last few days. He's a he'll be a freshman. He's a def- defenseman. Uh, played for the uh, let me see, let me pull it up here. Listen to this. This is interesting. His the team is the way way Capo Way way see Capo Wolverines. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, the MJ You never HL. know.
0: Yeah. You just never know. <laughs> and
1: uh mm-hmm. try to I should have did more research on I have their page on there talking about where they're from but where but I didn't do that anyway so he's his career high he, last year he had career highs in uh, games played 58 12 goals uh, 19 assists uh, the team uh, you know we said um, calling him a smooth skating uh, st- uh, steady uh, defenseman and uh, he says in the article that their team the Weiwei captain Wei C-cap, I just want to say that again, Wolverine's uh, article on it. Um, He was asked about why he chose to attend uh, UNLV, and uh, he says it was definitely stressful. Uh, He said of his decision on where to go to school next season. I was just trying to make the right decision for me as a person and player, and after talking to Vegas, they said the right things, and I agreed with everything uh, they were saying. Uh, It sounds like the program is on the rise, and they've done a good job these last few years, which, which we know is true. Um, I, I added a little part in there. I'm excited to get there and do whatever I can to help. It looks like a great city and a great place to live. The weather helps a lot. So we see what kind of a draw it is for uh, for UNLV. And, and you know, I actually sat down with the UNLV coaches for an interview that I'm going to put up on, on YouTube soon. But um, one of the things we talked about was because of the, the pandemic we have going on right now, you know, the challenge... That maybe they face right now is that they are not able to have players come and visit them like they normally would, be able to show the campus, be able to show the city National Arena, and and bring bring players uh, in for visits. But they're able to do a lot of meetings electronically with FaceTime and Skype and those means, and um, they're still able to you know talk about the the the, the team and talk about what they're what they're. Vision is and what you know, then the players are able to talk about what they can bring and stuff like that. And and they're still able to get uh players to come on. And, and every team is facing this uh this battle, it's not just unique to UNLV. Um, so we're seeing that still. And then uh, so I mean, we're we're seeing that with uh with UNLV and and they're still uh working hard there and and bringing bringing players in, even though they're yeah, not
0: absolutely, able to, absolutely. Yeah. And I think every team at every league level is doing that. Uh, we had Coach Powers on last night on our College Hockey Southwest Weekly podcast, and and he said, for him, um, he has too much time on his hands. He's been watching watching too much film and, and doing too many juggling of things, and he's excited about his roster coming in. He said he's been doing uh, doing line combinations until he's tired of it. So uh, I'm sure that's the way it is for everybody. We'll ask Coach Roy that too when he comes on here in just a couple of minutes, but. Uh, in addition to that, Stephen, uh, you know, it's also the end of the season, so it means uh, awards, and we have a uh, a brand-new um, American Collegiate Hockey Association D- D1 Coach of the Year, uh, Kirk Handy from Liberty University. 19 years he's been coaching at Liberty and finally captures himself a uh, Coach of the Year honor, so congratulations to him. And uh, as you mentioned to me, we got a shout-out to uh, – Chad Berman at the University of Arizona for being uh, a finalist, along with uh, Kyle Zoldi from Drexel, and uh, I'm going to uh, Adrian's head coach Gary Astolos, I believe, is how you say it. But um, congratulations to to Kirk Handy for uh, winning that honor.
1: Yeah, that that's a uh, that's a. Uh... Congratulations to him. It's uh, congratulations also to to Chad Berman from um, the University of Arizona to be a a finalist, and that's it got to be quite an honor. You know, you think about the whole ACHA uh, Division One level. There's you know sixty teams in that, or, and you think about all the top teams, and that that Chad Berman is is among the the three that were were nominated for a finalist. So that's quite an accomplishment there. But uh, congratulations to to. The Liberties coach uh, Handy, and he's he had they had quite a good season. Uh, they had they went thirty-three and four. They actually were the only team to be, uh that beat uh, Adrian this year. I, bl- I believe, if I have that correct, they they only had two losses, and they beat him at uh, both times in February. Back in February, uh, they were the two. They were ranked second. Uh, they were going to be the two seed had we had the tournament, and you know we could have actually played. Uh, this team in the tournament, and uh, actually, and I think I can say this because Vicnery uh, Green, Greener mentioned this in the interview that I'll share on the website soon, or share on YouTube soon, is that they're actually going to start the season against Liberty next season. So they'll actually get to play oh. this team um, uh, over there in in Virginia. So that'll be that'll be fun for for them, and they'll get to to play this team. So it'll be so. Well, that's a little bit of uh, inside news there. But uh, yeah, Liberty, uh, congratulations to him, and they had quite a season too. and and uh,
0: congratulations to, to him. All right. Well, let's do this. Okay, take a couple-minute break here and hear from some of our sponsors. Then we'll come back with uh, the head coach and director of hockey at Grand Canyon University, Danny Roy. And then we'll follow that up by talking some other ACHA news at the uh, end of our show, uh, some exciting news that came out. So what we'll do is go ahead and uh, and hear from a couple of our sponsors, and we'll jump in with Coach Roy in just a minute.
2: years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our Three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com
3: Hi everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from sports gear and and your gym and all that stuff. Um, In in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, It is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and and gear. Uh, This product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxipow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States.
2: I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese surrounded by a fence of ribs
0: All right, and we're back. Uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, another episode. Scott Strandy live from Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh, my co host up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Pleased to be joined by the head coach, director of uh, hockey operations at Grand Canyon University, Danny Roy. Danny, how are you this evening?
3: Uh, Things are going well. Just staying inside, staying safe.
0: Absolutely. Well, let me be the first to give you a belated birthday wish because happy belated birthday and uh, I hope that birthday was good for you or as good as could be expected under the conditions.
3: Uh, Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty easy with birthdays, so hanging around was uh, was, uh, pretty much what I wanted to do.
0: Well, thanks for stepping in. As I was telling the audience a little earlier, I said every season, and you know this, I like to sit down and visit with my coaches uh, in our area and kind of get a feel for what their season was like and what they look like uh, for the future. So in light of the way things are going here, and we can't get face to face. I thought the next best thing is to bring you on the podcast and give you some time to talk GCU hockey at all levels, certainly your d one program. And and I want to start off just by uh, talking a little bit about the, the past season and what it was like for you. We all know the, the effort that it takes to, uh, to start a program. We all know the effort it takes to climb a program, but my goodness, the way you brought your program from from inception to ACHA D1 in just a few short years, I know this last season probably wasn't the way you wanted to go at all, but, man, you made some marks, and uh, you definitely gained some respect around the league.
3: <clears throat> yeah, you could, you could say it was, uh, it was a growing pains year for sure. Um, obviously, everybody warned us about that moving up. Um, I think we, uh, we had high expectations just based on what our roster was looking like and, and unfortunately suffered some, uh, some pretty rough injuries right from the get-go and, um, that dropped our roster down. I think our biggest issue last season was, uh, was just depth through and through. If, if, uh, we had a couple key guys out of the lineup, we weren't able to put together, uh, a full, full group of guys, but yeah, like you said, we, we played super hard, um, the guys were competitive all the way through the end of the year and um i didn't really have to beg them to do that they uh they're bought in and and they uh they want to make this program uh grow and and they want to see the growth that we saw at the division two level where we we had a uh, rough first year and and then got into the postseason play of the following years so um, that's the pathway that we're uh we're expecting to go on next season
0: So, uh, so, Danny, as you look back at this season, and there were so many close games, I mean, I don't know how many witnessed that you went into overtime or had a team, uh, a, a tournament team, in trouble uh, late in a game and, and just uh, just let it slip away at the very end. And, you know, I, I can't imagine what that's like for a coach because you're programmed to win, right? I mean, nobody wants to lose, but you're, you're programmed to win. And how, how did you handle it with the guys because – they kept coming back night after night after night and bringing it all every single time, and that just had to be incredibly difficult.
3: <clears throat> yeah, you could say that again. Uh, I don't, I don't think I've gone into six overtimes and uh, <laughs> come away with a loss within the first 30 seconds of the overtime. Uh, of course, a couple of them we were shorthanded on key penalties. Um, that's never easy when you got f- four on three against teams like UNLV and, and University of Arizona who could score. Uh, anytime they want to pretty much uh, but yeah I mean we I, I think uh, it, it was kind of our fate uh, for the first year is the is the welcome to D1 feeling um, I think it's going to make us stronger going into uh, into our next season and, and and into the future here I think our guys are going to learn that they don't want to feel like that or if they don't want to go through that kind of uh, uh, you know pain after a a hard-fought game against a team that's a ranked opponent, um, and I think we'll come out ready to play and, and play a full 60 minutes uh, just because of that. Um, but, hey, I, you know, talking with them in the locker room, it's it's all about the future of the program. It's not necessarily about where we are currently. Uh, right now, we're building something, um, and it obviously takes uh, lessons learned, and, and we'll learn from every lesson, whether it's a win or a loss. And, and this year, unfortunately, it was more loss than... Than wins, but I think we were able to put it together all the way through to the end in that last game against Colorado State, where we we won a hard-fought game, uh, three to two. There.
1: Uh, so, coach, uh, let me ask you this: So, what, what, when the transition, when you transition from Division Two to Division One, what is, the, what was the biggest uh, adjustment that you saw, or the biggest changes that you saw from from moving up to that level, uh, just with maybe style of play or just the way. At a game goes, and, and when you move up from from a Division Two to a Division One level,
3: I think I think the the hardest uh, hardest adjustment is just the consistency within your uh, within your lineup throughout the game um, and throughout the season. Obviously, in uh, yeah, Division Two, some of the some of the little mistakes that you might make at at certain points within a game, uh, they they might not uh, go in against you and and hurt you. Um, where at, at D1, uh, you're playing against opponents and players who, who are good skilled hockey players and and they'll uh, they'll bury you if they have a chance. So uh, we saw that from game one when we uh, had UNLV on the ropes for nothing going into the third period and gave up four goals in that third period and ended up losing it in overtime, um, just because we had 20 minutes of the game that we we relaxed on and. Um thought we had it in the bag pretty similar to what we would have been able to do at d two. so um, yeah, d one, it's a it's a sixty minute game. Uh, it's it's a it's a momentum game. If you have the momentum, you're gonna you're gonna ride the wave and if you let up a little bit, the other team's gonna find a way to jump on it. and um, yeah, there's no quit at d one at all.
0: Danny, at uh, you know I had coach Powers on last night on our college hockey Southwest weekly show and his team a little bit different than yours because they were anticipating uh, another possible bid into the national tournament. And I asked him what it was like when something like this pandemic hits and all of a sudden everything abruptly comes to a halt within 24 to 48 hours. And while you weren't looking at going into a tournament with your team, just tell me what it was like to go talk to the guys and explain that, you know, things were really in an upheaval for a while, wasn't, weren't they?
3: Yeah, well, we we had an inch, We had an interesting. Uh, we were actually on spring break when everything shut down. So, so our players were, they were already out of town, most of them, um, and a lot of them decided just not even to come back to school since uh, everything transitioned. Um, you know, we made sure that we uh, I was at least texting with everybody, checking in, making sure that uh, that they're doing well, um, that their families are doing well. Um, and and everybody's in good spirits right now. Um, you know, it's tough because uh, a bunch of the guys were looking forward to getting uh, getting back home here during the off season and jumping on the ice and and getting ready for the next season because they're looking forward to it. And, and obviously, that's been postponed for a little while. But um, but the university's been pretty pretty well with working with us. Um, we have weekly meetings and, and we're making sure that we're staying on top of anything that's going on with GCU. And um, the, the big thing about GCU is is our online university. It's it's over 90,000 plus students. So the transition for our students to go from on campus to online was seamless uh, since that platform's already available. So um, it's allowing our guys to stay on top of their classes and not drop. Um, and uh and and can and not lose out on a a potential semester which in the long run ends up costing you some more money if you have to stick around in in university which is a big big thing right now with with uh, finances the way they are so um so yeah I I feel for all those teams that uh that had had the opportunity to to make it um obviously Tate I'm sure Tate Green over at ASU was looking forward to being at his, his first ACHA Division I uh, National Tournament, and, and um, I'm sure he'll have a, another crack at it next season and, and all the seniors and stuff like that. Um, but it's all over the place. It's not just – I've talked to a lot of high school kids who are looking forward to going to their national tournaments uh, for their senior years, and, and unfortunately those got cut short as well. But um, I think the big thing is is it, hockey will be there to, uh, at least – once this is all over, um, hockey will be there again and, and we'll be able to get back going. And um, as long as we have our health, I think that's the biggest uh, thing.
0: And, uh, you know, one thing, Danny, I, I know with your group and, and I've had a chance to be around your group quite a bit, but, um, you know, you, you didn't have a lot of seniors, but, but one of them that really stood out to me was Trey Green. And he's a little bit closer to my heart because he's close to – From where I'm from in northern Minnesota so you know we had some commonality there but I just thought what Trey has been through with you in this program and and the fact that he hangs in there and keeps keeps doing everything he can and the personal thing that he went through a year year and a half ago now I guess um, just talk about Trey and your seniors what they meant to your program.
3: Yeah I I mean you used to you saw where we came from before we even jumped in the ACHA and, and for me to try and convince a player um, of those of their caliber to to trust us and come in here and, and help us build this thing uh, uh, and me, me telling them what my big vision is of how far I want to get this thing. And I, I don't know how much they believed that we were going to be able to get it to, to D1 ACHA within their time here. Um, but I'm happy. I was able to. Uh, I was. I was at least able to prove that we were going to hit that that goal with them here. They got. They got the chance to experience that and and play with us within our first year. And um, that's a big milestone where they those guys are going to be part of the history of this program forever. Um, that that no other player after um, them will be a, a part of. Pretty much. They they were here for the first game at D two, and they were here. The, for the first game for uh, d1 uh, which is huge and uh class acts i mean both both those guys uh trey and trey and brett were uh just just big uh, leaders for us they had really good kids really good for our university and, and our culture and and everything like that and and uh travis burrow is another grad from us but he was with us for three years and, and he unfortunately had to end his season against. Uh, university of Arizona in October with a broken, uh, fibula and ankle. Um, so he didn't even get to play out the rest of his senior year. So, um, that was definitely unfortunate. Um, but yeah, really big, big key factors for us. Um, I I think without those guys, I don't think we, we would have had a, a competitive group, uh, to carry, uh, and build a foundation off of. So, uh, we owe a lot to what they've done here. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the returning class and players that those guys got to be teammates with, um, they're going to carry forward their legacy and, and build on top of it and and make us stronger because of it.
1: Well, let me ask you this, uh, Coach. So that you know, Obviously, every team is kind of on this, this same boat when it comes to recruiting right now. Obviously, players can't come visit the, the campus. They can't come and you can't do p- visits in person, but obviously, a lot of it's done electronically. Um, does that present any sort of challenges, and how have you been able to kind of manage through that and be able to still try to go out and recruit and try to lure people to come play for your guys' program, even though you're not able to have in-person to, uh, in- visits during this time? Yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. I heard you, you were talking about that there in the intro and, um, yeah, we're, I think we're all feeling that that's a, it's a very interesting, um, interesting way that we're going through this. Uh, I I think, uh, the, the added benefit is the fact that we have the, the ability to do, uh, virtual tours through zoom. Um, so the university actually has four different times throughout the day that they, they'll do a virtual tour that, uh, I've been sharing out the link and I've been getting our recruits to tag along and, and uh, they could ask questions within that. that it it can be tagged onto a uh, specific degree degree programs and interests and, and things like that. So um, it's definitely made things a lot easier, um, but it's definitely not the, order, the the way we usually go about it. So yeah, I have, I have some players that would love to see it in person before making the decision and, and hopefully when we get towards summer, we can, uh, we could finally get back to doing that. But, um, until then, just trying to stay on top of it, check in with them. Uh, same as with our current players, just making sure everybody's doing all right. We have some players over on the East coast that are interested in, in coming here. And obviously that's a really hard hit area and same with, uh, out in California on the coast and stuff. So, um, just uh, just communicating with players and, and talking to them and making sure that uh, they, uh, they know that we, uh, we care about them and uh, they're going to get the same kind of treatment when they come out here uh, to go to school and play for us.
0: So we, we talked a little bit about your, uh, your program and, and what you went through last year. As you look ahead, Danny, so many good things happening. Uh, you're going to be joining the conference, the WCHL, next year along with uh, UNLV in Utah. And I know for you guys, you got to be excited about that because that brings more competition to a closer area. It's got to be easier on the budget, all those really good things. But for your team recruiting, does that help you to tell, tell your uh, prospective players that they, they're going to be in a conference next year and have a chance to complete for uh, a conference championship?
3: Yeah, it helps. Um, I think the biggest thing that helps is I, I, I think – every single year we've taken on the toughest schedule I can possibly put ourselves in. Um, we've always been within the top 10 as far as how the rankings rank your strength of schedule, um, whether it was at D2 or, or this last season, this last season, when I checked it, um, it had us right in the, the number one spot is uh, toughest ranked schedule. Um, so when it, when you look at rankings wise, that's really important. Um, and obviously when you look at the WCHL uh, they're with, they're one of the top three conferences in the country. Um, so uh, it's yeah, it's definitely important. It, what it does is it gives us a guaranteed schedule. Um, even bigger, what it does is it gives us more home games than we're used to playing. So uh, so next season, we're actually looking at about 12, 12 to 15 home games right now. Last season, we played four. Um, so getting to be in front of our fans wow. a little more is, is really important because we get a good atmosphere at at Arcadia and, um, when, when we were able to get that train horn that I put in going and stuff like <laughs> that, it, it gets the guys going. So, um, for our guys to be able to experience more games like that, um, is definitely important. And, and when I can tell the guys, uh, who were scheduled to play against, um, you know, they know, they know the teams, even if they don't know much about the ACHA, they, they know. Uh, University of Arizona, Arizona State, UNLV, the Colorado schools, and, and the Oklahoma schools and stuff. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the schedule. The schedule looks uh, it looks like a lot of fun. It's going to be a good competitive schedule. It's going to keep us busy. And um, my hopes is that it gets us to uh, to uh, a highly ranked uh, position to get to our first national tournament. And when you look
1: at when you look at um... The desert Southwest specifically, and you look at um, the the teams like ASU, Arizona, and, and, and UNLV, and you guys. Um, what's it like playing those schools and playing a- in their buildings? I mean, ASU's got a pretty good atmosphere. Arizona is is always tough in their place, and then of course UNLV, where I do a lot of work with, is uh, their games are always got packed and they're always big beans. So what? How cool? I mean, what's it like playing in those environments? And and as you guys are trying to. To kind of make a name for you guys yourself at this at this level, and what you guys want to do maybe in your in your in your games too. And you said you can have more home games next year. Maybe how do you look at those and try to replicate or and try to do those things?
3: Yeah, um, I mean it's when any any time you get to go down to Tucson and play in that big building, it's always it's always a fun game. I think I think that gets our guys ready for anything. It makes them feel like they're playing uh, playing in the big show and stuff. And you get to play in the big building with the tall ceilings and. Um, and then you go out to, to Las Vegas and you know, you're going to play in front of a, a, a packed house. And, and unfortunately I've heard that goal song one too many times out there, <laughs> uh, but I always, I always get a kick out of watching the jumbotron and seeing what kind of, uh, videos they're going to put on when we score and, and stuff like that. So
1: yeah, that's a recent, that's a recent thing. <laughs> they they just started doing that this year. So that yeah. was, yeah.
3: Yeah. So hey, that's, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it's, anytime you could go to a building and it's not crickets uh when you're playing there um, is it, it makes it worth it so um yeah i i, I think we've we've had a good following um, since we've started we get we get a good fan base um, even though we're off campus and and get get the community involved into it and stuff and and at least the seats are always packed every night and and like i said i when we first moved over to Arcadia i I threw in that train horn that sits right over the away team bench. Um, <laughs> and anytime oh. we score they they crank that thing on it's it's probably too loud for that building, but I don't I don't care. That was the point of it. So <laughs> I'm sure the visit um, Should sure the
1: visiting sure teams you know, love that yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah, you know, just just
3: trying to trying to create our own atmosphere right, within yeah. our within our home building. I I, yeah. I really wanna make Arcadia a home for us while we're there and sure. and, and make the guys uh, respected and 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 love playing there um each night so so yeah we learn a lot from from the other rinks that we go to and what they're doing i always i'm always looking to to uh uh, make it make the entertainment value um just as uh important as the on ice product
0: okay so we talked about your team in the past we talked about what you're looking to in the future a little bit i want to get into your players too that you got coming in some of the new guys coming in but before i get to that you guys do so many other things, and I know one of the things that you really look forward to is uh, is your tryout camps and, and, and things like that, and I'm guessing the April one is definitely on hold and, and probably one in the summer, too, at the moment, but uh, how difficult is that when you can't have those kids in and can't do the junior clinics and stuff that you like to do, uh, just kind of as a team-building morale type thing?
3: Yeah, uh, we were actually supposed to have our prospect camp uh, this weekend um when we had to we actually had to cancel it we were asked to cancel it by by the university um so we we issued the refunds out for that um and now now all the participants who were hoping to come to that um are trying to figure out when we can uh push it on to another date and and unfortunately with the way things are going we're not sure uh how much longer things are going to go like currently all the rinks here in arizona are closed uh, through the end of the month and in my opinion they might end up being closed even longer um, into May so um, yeah right now we, we we haven't been able to plan I, I would like to get a couple skates in even if it's not a camp we might throw a a day skate in here and there that we can uh, get some of the local Arizona kids to just so that way they have some ice even if they're not interested in GCU just a, a college level skate um, but but yeah it, it you know, it, as far as uh, for us, it gives us an opportunity to look at look at players before they get here. But it, it also gives the player a chance to um, be around us and and on the ice. And and when we're running like a practice type skate within those camps, they get the feel of what a practice would be like with us and stuff. So, um, so yeah, right now anybody who's coming in is is more coming in blind uh, compared to what they would usually be uh, when they get to come out for those uh, camps that we hold.
0: So, in addition to the camps, I know that you have uh, your recruiting list going on. Is there anybody that you can tell us that you're really looking forward to seeing come in as a uh, incoming freshman to that Grand Canyon uh, GC or GCU ACHA D one program next year?
3: Uh, I yeah, I haven't. I, we've we've gotten a few uh, a few commits here, um, some that we're really excited about right now. Um, we haven't really made any announcements yet. Um, just uh, just trying to wait it out right now, um, but there's a few guys that we're really excited about. Um, uh, big kid from Minnesota, um, playing Minnesota high school out there in AAA's. Just a, a big body, really good um, hands around the net, and, and hockey sense type of player, and, and really good kid. Um, he actually is with that the with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes hockey program up there, so uh, fits right into our culture. Um, We've got a a teammate of uh, Zach Bennett's from up in Grand Prairie coming in. Um, And and Zach's been a really big addition to our program since he's gotten here. So we're really excited to get one of his old teammates out here, um, who I think is going to be able to produce. And um, yeah, things are looking looking really solid for us. Um, Just have a few guys that we're just finalizing through the uh, the admissions process and making sure that everything uh, meets up in line for them and um, should be able to start putting some, uh, some of our announcements out here. Uh, I would hope before the end of the month.
0: That's uh that's always good to hear. Um, you know, and I want to give you a few minutes here. I got about seven minutes or so left. So I want to give you a chance to talk about your other programs because you wear multiple hats as most people know now at, at Grand Canyon, the director of hockey and, and you're the guy in charge of putting everything together. So let's talk a little bit about your other programs, your D2 program, and your your um, women's program, because I don't think they get enough love. And, and maybe you can uh, shout out a little bit to those guys and what we can expect from them coming up.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, our, our division two team definitely struggled last season, and that was that was expected with us moving up and and taking all the resources for the D1 team to have a good competitive season. Um, but they're already looking like they're gonna jump right back into what they used to be like at the division two level and being a ranked opponent in the uh, in the west and qualifying for regionals. So we're excited for that. We've got some good local kids coming in and 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 good kids from out of town. Um, so uh, and honestly, a lot of them could could end up uh, getting called up onto the d one roster at some point. So I'm excited about that because that means we're gonna have some Uh, depth within our program, which is, uh, which is what we've been working towards here. Um, And then, uh, and then the women's team, pretty excited for them. Um, Coach Rossi's been doing a heck of a job uh, on the recruiting side. She's picked up a really solid goaltender um, from Minnesota High School. Great numbers. She's gonna be really solid for them. So, uh, she has two really solid goaltenders. She'll be at about a 30-player roster this year. Um, and if you watched any of their games last year, they were, they were right there. They, they would outshoot the teams, uh, they're playing against 60 to 20. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, um, just weren't able to pull off some games. So I think, uh, I think with the addition of, uh, the goaltending and stuff like that, they, they, I, I told her and I was, I was dead serious when I told her and I said like next season, you are going to be at nationals next season, um, just based on what I saw this year, so um, they might beat ASU to the punch to get to nationals um, uh, next season, and, and they're going to be really solid next year. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. We might have three teams that make the postseason play for the first time in program history, which will be really exciting.
0: You know, when I was uh, when I was talking earlier in the year, and I said. Uh, the rankings were about to come out, and I watched the teams on there. And then when we got to the end of the year and I saw that there were three teams that qualified for the national tournament in uh, the desert southwest from D one level, I said, it's history in the making, right? And I was so excited about getting down, and Stephen and I were both going to be in, in Frisco, Texas. And I said, you know, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that next year we could see four teams from the desert southwest, your team included, uh, getting to the national tournament, it, and when I said that, I, I kind of halted myself and I said, "Is that possible? Is it possible to have four teams? Or because you guys are all in the same conference and so competitive that one might eliminate another?" Or what's your thought on that? Can we get four teams next year?
3: <laughs> I, I would say that would be. A, I, I think that would be a a big positive for Arizona to have four teams out there. Um, it it would really show what hockey is like down here. Um or this the southwest here, sorry about Arizona, but you adding you and L V in there since they're so close to us. Um, it would just show what hockey is out here, um to the rest of the country. Um it's you know, the three teams that qualified are gonna be strong next season. Um it wasn't a fluke that there was three teams in there. Tate's gonna be a really strong team next season. Um, you know, we were right there with those teams, and like I said, if we had a little bit of consistency within uh, our night-to-night gameplay, um, we honestly could have been a top 25 team this year. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I think it'd be tough the way uh, the way the auto bids work, and I believe there's a new conference coming in uh, next season. Uh, with that conference with Maryville and stuff, I believe they. I believe, uh, they get I believe more- you're right. Yep. So that adds another team that's going to end up bumping somebody near the bottom there. So it's going to make things tougher. Like if if we're all all four are going to want to make it, um, and we're all four in the same conference, and like you said, beating up on each other, we we might yeah, we might be like the Pac-12. We we never get a national champion because we can't figure out who we want to beat the next time.
0: Because <laughs> you're too competitive. <laughs> we're so right. Yeah, there's the rivalry
3: factor comes into play. So. Um, I, I think that's what's going to make it. That's what's going to make it the funnest, just because it's we have built up some strong rivalries with the with the three teams uh, near us, and um, it, that's just what makes that. What that's what makes looking forward to each week and the best at this level. And um, yeah, it, it'll be a it'll be a fun season. I hope we can get it going on time and um, and get going uh, here sooner than later.
0: Well, you know, uh, the support will be there because I know the, uh, the Lopes following, um, and I know you guys continue to put out a good product. It's just going to continue to get better and better. As like the entire desert southwest. I, I told every coach I've had on so far, Danny, that I, can't, I couldn't have ever imagined when I started this five years ago that everything would have blossomed the way it was. I mean, your program well, didn't exist at that point or was just starting. Uh, U of A had just gotten coach Berman and they were trying to recoup and rebuild Uh UNLV was, was uh, trying to restructure and become dominant at the D two level. And uh, ASU of course had just come off of uh, a national championship and, and gone NCAA. So, you know, it, it, what you guys have done, and I give all of you guys a ton of credit because to be able to bring hockey to where it is right now at the club level, is unbelievable. And I hate to use that term because I know you coaches don't want to hear club part of it. You're college hockey and, and definitely you are, but that the work that you guys put in on and off the ice uh, is just unmeasured because you got to pay, pay to play for starters. You have uh, r- ridiculous travel schedules. And on top of that, you get out and work in the community as well. So wrap things up by just letting you tell us uh, how proud you are of the, uh, the Lopes nation coming out and supporting you and, and how proud you are of your guys and what they do in the community guys and girls because the women's team also is out there all the time
3: yeah i i think i think you hit it spot on with the what all the coaches do and stuff but um i, I don't think we'd be here without without the play of our players if they they didn't believe in us and they didn't buy in and, and they weren't playing hard for us i i don't think our program would even be close to where it's at so across the board the men's teams and the women's teams have uh have definitely helped us get here um and, and that makes it easy for us coaches to to continue to push through and, and make it stronger and and like you said the the lopes nation uh, i mean we got some amazing fans the students love us and um and the community supports us well so uh looking forward to seeing them all in this in the seats again next season and and cheering us on while we uh we get to play in front of them even more this year
0: all right, that's all I got for you, Danny. Unless Steven's got something else, we'll let you go and, and get back to your self-quarantine. I think that's, that's a good way to end it. I Just uh,
1: good luck to you guys next season, and uh, we'll look forward to some matchups, and hopefully when UNLV goes down there, I'll be down there to watch it, and uh, we'll, we'll get to experience the, uh, the atmosphere myself when I hopefully can get down there when UNLV plays uh, this next season. So good luck to you guys.
3: Great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. This was uh, this oh, a lot of fun. Yeah, well, we're
0: here every two, every uh, Wednesday night, so uh, we, we may be pressing your buttons again to, to talk more Grand Canyon hockey as things uh, get a little closer to the new season. Sounds great. Thank you. All right, that's Danny Roy with uh, Grand Canyon University Hockey. Stephen and I will take another quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up with a little uh, ACHA uh, National Tournament talk.
1: Hey, Michael here from M-Drive.
2: in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's on Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011.
0: All right. Steven and I are back. Steven Marsh up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Another fantastic episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Steven, everybody keeps telling me, I tell you, they keep going. What do you got to talk about? Well, you just heard Danny Roy for about 30 minutes talking uh, Proudly about the Grand Canyon program and where they want to go, but there's so much going on in in hockey, and you know, I, I touched briefly on the the prospect camps and things like that that'll that'll have to be moved around because of what's going on here in the United States and around the world with the pandemic. But uh, there's always something to talk about. So, just your thoughts on uh, having Danny on and some of the things he said. Yeah, you know, the one thing I was
1: uh, uh stuck out to me, and and. And I actually, when I thought about it, it makes makes sense. Was the fact that you know the stuff with the with the virtual stuff. Uh, Grand Canyon University does have the upper edge because now that I remember from what, a lot about what you said, you know, it is a lot. It is an online. You know, a lot of it's online and stuff, and so they're they're able to uh, to utilize you know things like Zoom and stuff to 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 things. So it seems like they were more prepared for this than obviously they still want people to come visit in person, but they're still able to. You know, the university is you know, able to do virtual tours like that, and it's something that sounds like they do regularly anyway, so it's easy for them to, to do that when other schools are kind of having to, to kind of adapt to how they can try to bring people to come to the campus and, you know, for these sports these these sports te- teams, the, the sports in the different schools to, to probably get athletes to, to come and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, GCU had a... It was a rough season for them, but, you know, we talked about how the fact that they were in a lot of games... Uh, early early on, I remember that first game against UNLV. They were up four nothing, and then they, you know, then UNLV came back to win. And then, you know, they took both Arizona. They took Arizona State a couple times to overtime. They took Arizona to overtime. Uh, one time, I I think you were at one of those games down there where they took them to overtime, and they were actually ahead in that game against Arizona. And then Arizona came back and went. So they were just again. You talked about how the division one. It's a it's a full sixty minute game. You got to be on your your a game um, the whole time. You know, UNLV had a couple instances this year where they were up in games and then they let maybe let off the, the gas pedal and they lost the games in the third period. So it's just, it's really tough. You, you have to be at your best the whole game at, at this level of, of hockey, um, which is which is a credit to how good the hockey really is at this level we talk about because it's, it's, you have to be at your best almost every night to, to, to win and it's a battle every game.
0: You know, absolutely. I would totally agree with you. I know one thing that the, uh, the players that are coming down here uh, from Canada and from the East coast, and maybe I've never been to Arizona before. One of the things and I see this a lot at Arizona state with the NCAA program is the players will all ask them, what was your first experience coming here? And a lot of them will say the weather, the heat, the fact that I can go to, uh, the, the rink and shorts and flip flops. And, and that's one thing that you can't replicate replicate on, uh, on electronically or video. Uh, you really have to experience it. And I think for a lot of guys coming down here in April even, they don't get to experience that 100-plus temperature range that you see July, August, even into September. So uh, I think that might be one of the things that, that would be the biggest um, concern when you're recruiting somebody is do they really understand what the weather is like here.
1: That's, that's true, yes. Yeah, some people like that warm weather, and you can't really – you can't really see that on a on a video and 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 without being feeling it in person so you know hopefully the, the pandemic will be down you know to where things can start to get back to to normal people can start traveling a little bit more and um i think we're still going to be they're still going to tell us to be precautious in how we do things and things like that but but i think you know as we get to the summer and supposedly the virus won't be able to survive in the summer so as we get to the summer months and stuff we'll be able to you know, if pl- people can start making visits and stuff, then they'll get to experience that, that weather and then make the determination from there.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap this show up by talking a little bit about uh, some of the news that broke today at the, uh, the ACHA National Championships in 2020. As we said earlier, 2021 is going to be up in the New England area. So uh, we already know where that's going to be. But 2022 is coming to the heart of uh, the United States in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, I think it's going to be just an incredible sight uh, when you think about it. you couldn't find anything more centrally located for all the teams. So just your thoughts on that announcement today. Uh, sh- sure. Uh, yeah, I, w- I was
1: looking at uh, the, the article about it. They they said that uh, half of the schools are about eight hours or 12 hours away from from St. Louis. So uh, that helps, uh, of course, people out here out, out west, it will be a little bit more of an An adventure but there's more teams based out the east of course in the central but um yeah it's it's going to be good it's going to be in st louis uh, of course home to the the 2019 nhl uh, stanley cup champion st louis blues uh it's going to be at their their facility out there i'm trying i'm looking through the article here and finding a couple quotes to bring up here um when they uh when i guess when they were building this this place when they have this i guess this is a fairly new facility that, that they have out there in St. Louis, and one of the things they were hoping to be able to do was to bring this kind of uh, tournament uh, to uh, to St. Louis, to the city of city of St. Louis. Um, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's it's just great to see the the ACHA uh, picking these great cities. It's, it makes it tough for it makes it tough for me to want to ever leave covering these teams to go, be able to go to great cities. Hopefully, good. If you know we we can make it to New England next year, so lucky to go there. We didn't get to go to Texas. We're looking forward to that. But and then going to St. Louis and making a trip out to St. Louis if 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 we're at that position in a couple years from now. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's great to to see the uh, the ACHA pick out these great places and these these great venues and and not just and to really show that the the time that they put into into making these. um, and what's great is they're going to be able to do all their divisions in one place. That was going to be the that was the case last year in Frisco. That would have been the case this year, and I think next mm-hmm. year they're planning to do the same thing. But um, um, here's what uh, somebody said. This is the chairman of the St. Louis Legacy Ice Foundation. It says the ACHA National Championship is exactly the type of event we had dreamed of hosting when designing the the Centene Community Ice Center. So, uh, that was from Patrick Quinn, chairman of the St. Louis Legacy Ice Foundation. A chance to showcase one of hockey's largest amateur events here in the heartland of hockey in a world-class facility ideally suited for players and fans alike. Not only will local fans get to choose from over 100 games, our region's businesses will see nearly three million dollars in economic impact as the tournament fills nearly 5,000 rooms a night during their stay. And visitors can enjoy St. Louis sights and food scenes. That's the thing we when we would think about when these when we have these quarter tournaments and stuff is that. Uh, the economic impact it brings to these these cities. And, you know, you think about Frisco, unfortunately. They did get it one year, and they were going to have it this year. And, unfortunately, they, they lost out on a lot of that uh, with everything being canceled. But, um, you know, it'll be great for New England next year. To, and that's going to be a little bit more of a, of a trek because, you know, we're out here on the West Coast, and that's way yeah. out on the East Coast. But St. Louis is a little bit more in the center, so that won't be too bad. It's nice that they could kind of move around. I, I would only imagine it's only a matter of time. And I'm not sure how far down the road it is. It just depends on how long... You know, you stays at this level, or whatever. But that maybe out here in Vegas, and we got the Henderson facility that's going to open up out here in in uh, mm-hmm. sub- August or whatever it is. I think it's August, or maybe it's even sooner than that, or September, or whatever. No, I think October first, October first, twenty twenty. Actually, that makes it's like because it was three year anniversary, one October. they are going to open it on October first. Not sure if that's why they picked that date, but that's just when it's going to be ready and ready to go. Because you got Sydney National out here, you got. You know, you got the new AHL facility that's going to be built out here. And, and you so, got yeah. the
0: Orleans, which will have some uh, AHL hockey for a little while. So, so yeah, every, everything is definitely there. I want to tie this in a little bit to the desert southwest because they're also going to utilize the um, Maryville University Hockey Center, which is in nearby Chesterfield, Missouri. And right. the head coach at Maryville in their D1 program is John Hogan, who uh, played with the University of Arizona. Him and his twin brother, Toppy, were uh, mainstays a few years ago. Uh, in the developing and growing the program down at the University of Arizona. Now John's a head coach at Maryville. Started a lot like Grand Canyon from scratch and built it up. So uh, to be able to go to their facility, that's to tie-in to the Desert Southwest. And, of course, you know, when you're talking more than 1,500 players and 72 teams and three divisions of men and two of women, I mean, it, it's incredible uh, the the size of that event. And you can see – Cities now are starting to bid and want to bring this to their community because they realize the economic impact.
1: Yeah, it's become a really big event uh, for cities to to host this. I think one thing that's interesting too is the dates uh, are going to be earlier than we normally see. Normally, you see the tournament later in March, towards like the end of March. But in twenty twenty two, it's going to be the March tenth to the twentieth, so it's going to be towards the beginning of the month. So, yeah, that's moved it
0: up about a week.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm not sure why that's the case. Maybe it's just where they could fit in the calendar for there or, or whatever. But you wonder if that means that year, the season will start earlier. Or teams will have to play more games in a pack or maybe less games. I don't know, but, but yeah, it's well, I wonder if
0: that, that, you know, I wonder if that's part of the, the plan though, because a lot of the coaches uh, had talked about the fact that they don't get um, games later on in the year after their second semester is really thin compared to what the first semester is like. And then you might have a two week gap or, Two and a half week gap before the national tournament. If you qualify, and maybe they were pushing for that. I, I don't know. It'd be a good question to ask somebody uh, down the road as to why they moved it up. But I'm certainly excited for that because that will end it definitely the entire thing before NCAA hockey has their uh, tournament, and uh maybe. and in four. So well, maybe that's
1: part of it too. That doesn't want it. They don't want it to compete with that. And and you know, it's interesting. Um, I can see the the, the aspect of, yeah, because you have when the season ends, sometimes the, the final games for teams is in February and then you're having to wait like two and a half or yeah three weeks in some cases before you're playing games. And but at the same time, a lot of teams don't know if they're going to be in until maybe the last weekend. And so then if you're in, then you have less time to try to get every, your travel and your hotel and all that book. So I mean, I don't know how, how that manages but uh, you know I'm not into all, all that but um, I think part of it maybe the what you said is that it's it's the, the NCAA that they don't have to compete with with that and they can have the spotlight will be on them for those 10 days or whatever and then and then the NCAA the Frozen Four and um it certainly is before the NCAA basketball tournament usually starts later in March I remember you know this year the tournament would have competed with that you know would have been so I think it's maybe it's good that they moved it up so they there is not there's not any conflicts with other other sports, other than than the conference tournaments for basketball, but yeah, it's uh, we'll have to see we'll have to see why why they're thinking on that. I know that you know the the, the ACHA usually has their meetings and meetings down in Florida, but of course those were canceled as well. So I think they probably had everything done uh, electronically. So it'll be interesting to to see. Uh, but yeah, it'll be exciting. St. Louis is a a city I wouldn't mind visiting, and if, see where things are in twenty twenty two, and hopefully we'll be covering some hockey uh, for some teams in this area to be there in a couple years.
0: Well, Steven, I appreciate you coming on as always and bringing the insight and giving us uh, updates from up in Las Vegas. Uh, We'll definitely have more to talk about as things continue to progress and everything kind of getting condensed now, because the more that we miss time, the more that means it's going to be tightened up between the next start of the season. If everything starts on time. So we'll wrap up this edition, as I promised a new, uh, a new song from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. This is called Hello, New Day. We played it at the end of shows before. We'll play it again now, and we'll start off with this fresh next week. So for Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Have a good week, and we'll catch you next week on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Be safe, everybody.